Welcome to It's All Connected, a Marvel Studios podcast brought to you by MCUExchange.com. It's all connected. Everything. everyone welcome to it's all connected episode 77 this is russ and join with me tonight again returning our math or matthew and doug hey guys hey hey how's it going good back on track i feel it feels uh it feels good to be releasing these episodes in conjunction with the tv show that uh that they're uh, coordinated with yeah nice to be back on a regular schedule yeah not having to play catch up yeah exactly all right, so I guess we'll start with a little bit of news. There's not a whole lot uh, going on, but Doug was lucky enough to attend a certain premiere that we'll we'll t- we'll give a non-spoilery talk about here in a few minutes. But uh, uh, we've we've talked a lot about the Iron Fist rumors over the last few weeks, and uh, a report came out today. Jo- or Joe Casada apparently was asked about Iron Fist, and he he did confirm. He said there are plans in the works. He was very vague. He didn't say movie netflix i mean obviously a netflix show but he didn't say whether it was going to be a movie or a tv show um somebody asked him about you know the fact that you know that all these rumors are floating around and he just said hmm is that is that what's you know the rumor is and uh so he's playing a little coy hard to tell if he was being tongue-in-cheek or if he was you know legitimately uh questioning you know the rumor itself but knowing casada he's he's usually got his finger on the pulse of what's going on um and being that he's you know, heavily involved, at least on the TV side. Uh, that's g- good news for anybody that was concerned that maybe Iron Fist was getting short shrifted or maybe getting pushed off to the side. Yeah, he seems to he seems to always know like what's going on inside. Um, and I think it's just like we keep saying that, you know, it's they're definitely going to work on Iron Fist. And the fact that we haven't heard any news is, you know, most likely just because it's honestly still like early days. I mean, they've only just started working on on daredevil even so yeah i mean it's you know good to get the confirmation hopefully that'll stop some of these rumors yeah yeah for sure yeah and i don't know i mean you say he's being coy to me he did seem a little almost surprised because when uh when the guy interviewing him brought up the the rumor that it might be developed as a tv movie or something he he see he he goes oh where'd you hear that Almost like he was like it was the first time he'd heard anything about that. So, um, you know, I never really bought into those Iron Fist rumors. But now more than ever, I think there's really nothing to be worried about with Iron Fist. And uh, I I think we'll probably start hearing some news, you know, maybe maybe a showrunner even casting in in the next month or two even. I would think. I mean, right now there's just so much going on, you know, between the Jessica Jones premiere coming up. There's heavy word. That next month, attached to The Force Awakens, we're going to get a Captain America Civil War trailer. So, you know, at this point, you know, Doctor Doctor Strange, um, you know, filming is in high gear. So I think there's enough, like, plates in the air that I, they probably don't feel like they have to really, um, you know, push a lot of info out. That there's, there's enough out there to kind of keep folks occupied, at least for a little while. Yeah, I think yeah, we'll... definitely probably hear something like after the holidays yeah like you said there's so many things like happening right now that they want to focus on 
So it looks like we've got a premiere date for Agent Carter Season 2. It's January 5th of 2016, and uh, it's going to be a two-hour premiere. So I've heard, you know, we, we talked before, it's it's 10 episodes, but I think it's it's really kind of translating into 10 hours uh, because they're saying it's eight episodes, which I, I, I'm assuming that was just kind of like a, a semantic thing because it's probably a two-hour premiere and a two-hour finale, yeah. which makes it, you know, technically eight weeks. Uh, but but still 10 episodes uh, because at least I know when they did season one premiere, it was a two hour premiere, but you could clearly tell they were two separate episodes. I mean, two separate sets of writers and directors and everything. Right, else. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I actually thought it was a little odd in season one that they went for a two hour premiere, but not the two hour finale because I really enjoyed Agent Carter. But I thought the finale was pretty disappointing in season one. Um, so, you know, maybe extending it out to two hours gives them a little bit more time to do more to go for a bigger finale. So, uh, I have, I have high hopes for season two and, and if they are doing a two hour premiere and a two hour finale that, uh, that I think that gives them time to go bigger. Yeah, I think it'll, I think it'll be really good. It's almost like, you know, a mini movie to begin in a mini movie to end it. And then like have the eight episodes in between to to flesh everything out, build up to everything. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed season one and I think there's, it seems like they've got a really cool direction going uh, for this new one. And I'm looking forward to, you know, her ability as an agent being out there and not being like constantly questioned every episode and, um, you know, her having to deal with as many of those problems. Hopefully it will just be more out in the open. Everybody will just admit that, you know, she's a badass, she's in charge and she can just like, you know, get to business, like living her life and not having to like sneak around like she was the first season and stuff. So I think it'll be a lot more like out in the open and fun and get to explore her character more. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and just one of the things I, f- I thought was funny is, is that, um, uh, what's her face that played, uh, her, her roomie, um, the, um, the one that was on Nikita. Oh, oh yeah, what's her yeah. name? Lindsay Fonseca, is that it? Lindsay Fonseca, yeah, yeah. She is not in the confirmed cast. So Yeah, that's interesting. And it's funny because when they first mentioned her moving out to Hollywood, I was like, well, that makes perfect sense. She's an aspiring actress. Right, I thought for right. sure they would, you know, oh, right, yeah. you know, have her be like, oh, I'm coming to room with you because you've got a place out here. But uh, so it, I guess it doesn't mean that she's not there, but I haven't heard, you know, since production started that she's – uh, going to be a part of the show or that. Um, and like I said, she's not officially confirmed, uh, but they did confirm Dominic Cooper. Cause I think that was kind of in question too, whether he would show up as Howard Stark just because of what's going on. You know, he's, he's been a pretty busy guy lately. Um, right. And you know, he's, he's playing the lead role of Jesse Custer in preacher. But my guess is they'll kind of relegate him to kind of cameo status is my, my guess, which, you know, it's easy to, to kind of pop in and pop out for, you know, a day or two of filming if, if you're just doing cameos. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, you know, it's really funny. At uh, at New York Comic Con, uh, there was a, a video announcement from Haley Atwell and James Darcy saying that, uh, unfortunately, Dominic Cooper would not be in season two. And, you know, they're apologizing to the audience. The audience is very disappointed. They leave the screen and Dominic Cooper's just standing there in like a janitor's outfit, like sweeping up behind them. Uh, and then Jeff Loeb confirmed that, yeah, he, he will be in season two. Um, that's awesome. But, I mean, he, he made a cameo in his own announcement video. So I think you're dead on that. His, uh, 
his appearance in season two will be more more limited, kind of like it was in season one. Yeah, and that's fine. I I, I really like Dominic Cooper's Howard Stark, uh, but I could see you know again the focus is Peggy Carter, not Howard Stark. So right, yeah, for sure. I think he I think he works really well in those smaller doses. Um, and yeah, I, I'm I'm glad he's back. And but yeah, I think they probably just want to focus more on her and. Um, but with, uh, since they confirmed that Dominic Cooper's back, did, is it official? I, I've heard that whoever played Dottie, I, I don't know yes, what her, she her is. name, but yeah, Bridget Reagan is back. Right. Yeah. So that, that's pretty interesting to me. I mean, they've pretty much brought back every single character except for, um, Lindsay's character. What was her character name? I, um, I can't remember. This. I haven't seen it since it came out last year. I haven't rewatched it yet. But um, it's interesting that they found a way to bring it. it seems like every single other character besides, you know, Dooley, who, you know, died um, back except for uh, her. So Angie Martinelli. Angie. That's right. So, yeah, it seems like she almost has the most obvious reason to move out to L.A., <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's what. Whereas everybody else is just, I mean, I'm assuming they're gonna make them maybe all part of like a, an LA base, you know, um, SSR base, um, you know, the twerking with Peggy out there, yeah, and uh, I'm sure they'll find some clever way to get like Howard and Jarvis out there, and then have Howard like leave Jarvis or something like that. Yeah, Yeah. and they also cast Anna Jarvis. They cast right that. that, uh, his wife. So it's not going to be like a Vera from cheers or like a, you know, one of those situations where you just never see yeah. her or Maris from, from friends or from Frazier. They did that, but it's definitely nice that now they're moving into season two that we can actually, you know, meet her. And yeah. Get a little more insight into his home life and stuff. Yeah. So that'll be, that'll be fun. Um, so coinciding with that, uh, agents of shield, the second half of season three comes back March the 8th. So, it's I don't you know other than a break obviously we've got a break coming up this week for Thanksgiving uh, I'm sure there'll be a Christmas break in there um, we'll you know we'll probably have the fall finale my guess is probably like mid December ish um, and then so we'll have probably a couple weeks off for Christmas and New Year's and then Agent Carter starts and then once Agents of Shield comes back it's pretty much going to be nonstop which will take us it looks like it is going to overlap into uh, just like last season uh, this season will overlap into Captain America Civil War so. It'll be real interesting to see how how much that you know the show influences the mo- movie and vice versa. Yeah. Um, well, last season, uh, Age of Ultron didn't it come out like maybe three or four episodes before the season finale? Uh, yeah, I think there were yeah three three episodes. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, with with Captain America: Civil War coming out in April instead of May, uh, that gives. It, I mean, it's just like uh, season one with Winter Soldier. It gives five or six episodes for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to play around uh, with a potential Civil War connection. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be... I think the Age of Ultron connection was, you know, fairly underwhelming. Yeah, it was, um, it was pretty minimal. Yeah, but, you know, I think this is going to be much like the Winter Soldier one. Maybe not quite as monumental, but who knows? I mean, I don't know that any of us really saw how big the impact with winter soldier was going to be. So yeah, yeah I, I definitely not. think they're going to, 
they're going to find some way to uh, to play that up. And and I mean, who who knows? Hopefully, the some of the things that were revealed in tonight's episode will maybe, you know, if we're lucky, there would be some sort of connection, you know, with the film and the TV show. Um, I know everybody keeps hoping for some sort of appearance from Coulson or shield or something in, in civil war. And, uh, I mean, who knows? It's, it's possible if they had this planned out in advance enough. Yeah. I just, I, you know, it's funny. I didn't hear any, I know with civil war, we heard rumors that some of the cast was on, on the set or, you know, at the set when they were filming, I didn't hear any of those rumors for civil war, but, um, but you know, who knows? I mean, they, they do a pretty good job of keeping wraps on things. So it could have easily happened. I mean, the cool thing about that is while you're filming one, you could really be filming stuff for the other and you wouldn't really even know it. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm, so it's e- easy to hide it. Yeah. They could, I mean, it could easily be like a quick thing that's just done in a studio. So there wouldn't even be exactly. like paparazzi taking photos of it. So yeah, which is fun. Yep. To, to um, hope for. But yeah. So may civil wars, May 6th. So. Oh, civil war is in May. I don't, oh, I don't know okay. why. I don't know why I thought April. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, with with Shield coming back so late, it it might end up being sort of a similar timetable. I, yeah, I think it's going to have two episodes after, if not three, because it it'll finish depending on you know how many they squeeze in before the winter break, and then how many they have coming back. Uh, you know, that's that'll be the tell. But it'll be at least you know you'll have the one episode the week of, and then you'll have at least two to three after. Right, right. So, so yeah, so it'd be curious. So. Uh, lots of lots of Marvel. I mean, it's getting to be where it's it's pretty much like August, you know, early September through the end of May, where it's you know ABC's got something solid on you know, which I think helps. I mean, you know, we talked about it in the past, but one of the issues with season one was just the it's on this week but off for two weeks, then it's back for three weeks, then it's off for a yeah, week, and it was just it was so uneven. Um, so having that Agent Carter in there really, I think, just kind of gets people in the habit. Yeah, it was a smart um, smart move. It's, I mean, it's obviously there's the bummer of, you know, you basically twice in the year have like a three month gap, you know, between the mid season and then from the end of one season to the next, you know, now it's like we have another summer break. Um, right. But it, it's nice that, you know, we're given another show in between and that we get that show nonstop and then we get the second half of S.H.I.E.L.D. nonstop. So it's an it's an interesting like uh, sort of new model, but um uh, I think it worked pretty well last last season. So, yeah, it, it is an interesting model, and I'm honestly surprised that uh, other shows haven't followed suit. Um, I think that is a great way for uh, a network show to test the viability of a spinoff is to just have a longer mid season break and and let their potential spinoff keep you know keep the time slot warm for them um, right. to to see to see how people react. I thought, I mean, not to get too far down that rabbit hole, but I really thought that's what we we're going to get on the DC side with Legends of Tomorrow. Right. I really thought sure, it was going to yeah, be. Sure, yeah, that'd be a great place for it. Yeah, I thought Arrow and Flash would go on their winter break, and then we would get Legends of Tomorrow, and then you know, and then they would come back. Uh, but it doesn't, it doesn't look like that's going to be yeah, the case. That's I mean, still kind of up in the air, though. I mean, they haven't actually announced a date, have they, for that? Not, not I, to get I too far down. I haven't heard of a that, premiere but, date. Yeah, no, it's it's weird. No. That's sort of still a little vague. But I, I again, I guess. In, until a few days ago, so was when Agent Carter would. I mean, we assumed it would be a similar situation as last year, but I mean, like we're saying, there wasn't anything official until a few days ago, so that, yeah. that could be around the corner as well. Yes. 
So as we were recording this on Thursday night, November 19th, we are literally, I guess, five and a half hours away from the Netflix premiere of Jessica Jones. Yep. Uh, yeah. I, unfortunately, uh, for Daredevil, I took the day off and just binge watched uh-huh. and, and got myself some nice food and just kind of had a, had a mental health day. That's great. Uh, to watch Daredevil. Unfortunately, I can't do that for Jessica Jones. I've just got too much going on with work and, and stuff, and it's just so close to the holiday uh, and, and having a, a short week the following week. I, I just can't do it. Um, nor will I be getting up at 2 a.m. Central Time to, uh, <laughs> to, to check out the first episode. But I may get up a little early in the morning, maybe get up at 7 and catch, an, catch the, the pilot before I start work uh, since I get to work from home and I don't start work till 8 o'clock. Um, and then I'll probably catch one at lunch, and then I'll probably be just up all night Friday night watching the rest of it. Um, but uh, our very own Mr. Herring, you were able to attend. Uh, I guess you saw the first two episodes. Is that is that correct? Yeah. So <laughs> what happened was I got an email um, saying that I could, you know, get tickets for a screening of Jessica Jones, and I thought, oh, cool, great, that that's awesome. I'll I'll do that. And uh, you know, I was lucky enough. I got tickets and. Um, uh, somebody asked me, so when's, when's Jessica Jones's big premiere? And I'm like, oh, that's also on, on Tuesday. And that's also in New York. Wait a second. Am I going to the Jessica Jones premiere? Like I kind of accidentally found myself at the premiere, uh, thinking it was just some advanced screening for fans. Nice. Yeah. So it was, it was this really weird experience, but I, you know, I got there at, uh, like five and there was already like 200 people in line. Uh, I mean, it was, it was crazy. So many people there. Uh, you know, obviously I won't go into spoilers. Um, because as you know, as at the time of recording this, like you said, the episodes haven't aired yet, but, um, uh, I'll just say that it's something to get excited about. I loved the first two episodes. Um, the second one more so than the first, um, the first, I mean, not to say that the first isn't great. It is. Um, that's good. That's better than the other way around, I think. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, you don't, yeah. you don't want it <laughs> yeah. to start strong and then lose momentum. Um, no, it does the opposite. It starts strong and uses that momentum and it's all about establishing how terrifying Kilgrave is. Um, there were a couple of times when I saw people have to look away from the screen because they were gonna, like, wow. they were starting to feel ill at, wow. at just oh my the, God. the trail of, and, and, and it's not, it's not that it's graphically violent or, or or anything like that. It's just the when you see the trail of broken people that Kilgrave has left in his wake, you you and and this is one of the things that the show does so well. It makes you empathize with even minor characters so you are really truly feeling for these people that Kilgrave has just broken um and as Jessica is is chasing down leads in a case that she's investigating that has to do with him um every lead just takes her to another person who is their their life is just shattered because of him wow Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean... it, it, it really was. And uh, uh, not, I mean, we actually haven't really seen much of him 
the only scene we get of, of of Kilgrave is near the end of season two, and it's actually the scene that was released uh, online when he shows up at that couple's apartment uh, and tells them that he will be their guest. Um, so I, I, I can only imagine that David Tennant is going to be amazing as Kilgrave, but I don't have much to go on when I say that. However, enough cannot be said about Kristen Ritter's performance as Jessica Jones and Mike Coulter's as Luke Cage. Luke Luke Cage fans should be excited about Jessica Jones because it, it shows us our first glimpse of what we're going to get next year with Luke Cage. And it's, there's a lot to be excited about. That's fantastic. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. It's funny because the comic alias didn't really everything about Kilgrave was more in relation to Jessica. They didn't really delve too far down him impacting all these other people and making it kind of personal to her. And I've kind of gathered that just from seeing the trailers and bits on, on, uh, you know, on, on the web, but you know, the, the, there are a couple characters that they in the in the comic where they kind of get into, and then obviously it's more about her. So I really like the fact that they're delving into how he's he's you know causing so much misery to everybody else. So well, that's, I'm glad to hear that. Well, it is all about Jessica, but th- that's kind of what makes it so terrifying is that the only thing he cares about is getting to Jessica. Everybody else is just collateral damage. And so, sure, and sure. so not only has he broken these people, he's done so completely thoughtlessly. Man, awesome! Yeah, that's incredible. I, it's uh, I'm really glad we're getting that sort of uh, like heavy subject matter from a from a Marvel product. That's that's fantastic. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It's it's. I mean, it is much darker than even Daredevil. Wow. Nice. Yeah, I, I know there was some talk like early on that it would somehow be like like a lighter take or something, but um, I, that's pretty impressive that they're able to to go even you know, darker and more psychological than Daredevil. Well, yeah, I guess since it was originally, you know, when it was first in development, it was at NBC and Melissa Rosenberg's involved, uh, who, you know, doesn't necessarily have dark, uh, credits to her name. Um, so I guess, I guess that's where those ideas came from from that it would be a little bit more family friendly, but it, it is right, right. most, it is most assuredly not. That, that's amazing. I mean, I, it, it does make me wonder then if, um, if, um, Luke Cage and even Iron Fist will, will lighten things up a bit. Um, that wouldn't surprise me based on what we see from Luke Cage's character. He does seem to be a little bit more, uh, you know, he, you know, he's he's been through some stuff as well, but his coping totally. mechanism seems to be humor, right? Which which I think it's good because we don't want them all to be like, you know, more and you know, darker and darker and darker each time. So it'll help. Yeah, I, it'll I, help I, I separate them if you know Daredevil's dark and you know imagery, and Jessica Jones is dark psychologically, and then you know Luke Cage is, you know, he has real stuff that he's dealing with, but it's maybe a little lighter, friendlier take on the proceedings. Yeah. And uh, I'll just take this time to, to plug uh, the reviews that we're doing of Jessica Jones on MCU Exchange. Um, I'm reviewing the, the first half of the season, and then Grant, who usually does the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. reviews, 
is reviewing the second half of the season. Uh, and by the time this podcast goes up, the first three episode reviews will already be up on the site. So make sure to check those awesome. out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and we have an off week for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. next week. So next week's episode of the podcast will be definitely all Jessica Jones all day. So, <laughs> yeah, um, so we will definitely and I'm not I'm still not sure how we'll go about it. I know for sure, like we did with Daredevil, we'll be talking probably the first two episodes in pretty lengthy detail for sure. Uh, and then moving forward, we'll have to figure out how we're going to do it. We may just just do a segment maybe after or before each episode of agents of shield and then into agent Carter where uh, we talk about it. And then we've got a couple weeks break, I think between the holidays that maybe we'll squeak some stuff in there, but, uh, uh, but we'll see, but we'll, we will definitely uh, talk about it in detail um, in the coming weeks. Great. And I, I will say um, just to add on to the news thing. And since we're talking about, uh, Luke Cage and all these things. There was one other sort of like tidbit that dropped, and that was that the Daredevil Twitter and the Marvel UK YouTube both put up a short video that I don't know if you guys saw this, but oh, um, with uh, Josie's bar. Yeah, it'll be in the Pulse tomorrow because it was just like a short thing um, on MCU Exchange. And um, but yeah, so it shows like a neon sign for Josie's bar, and then it pans over to a neon sign that just says Luke's. And then the the caption was, there's a new watering hole in Hell's Kitchen. And (laughs) a lot of people assumed it was a Jessica Jones promo, but all the stuff has been, uh, like, it even says Daredevil Season 2 on the Marvel uh, UK YouTube page. And then it was the Daredevil Twitter account that tweeted it. So that seems like confirmation that, you know, Luke, his bar is going to be in Hell's Kitchen and that he will be appearing in Season 2 of Daredevil as well. That would be great. I mean, after yeah. after just seeing the two episodes, I can already say the more Mike Coulter as Luke Cage, the better. Awesome. Yeah, I'm wondering if they were just really excited with him and, and you know, probably also want to get him in front of as many eyes as possible before his show comes out. Sure. So, yeah, I think that'll be exciting. Who knows if it'll just be, you know, one episode or something. But I, I'm glad that they're, you know, connecting these more and more as, as they get more established. They're getting less, you know, gun-shy about having these these different Netflix shows get more and more interconnected, which is great. Absolutely. All right, so we're ready to get into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Episode 8, Many Heads, One Tail. Let's do it. Yeah. So this there, we finally got a lot of Grant Ward this episode. It's, it's something we've been talking about so far this season that, you know, he's come in and when he's been in, he's been really good. Um, but we got quite a bit of him this episode. Uh, and they brought in the concept of the Von Strucker vaults. So they're not letting the whole Von Strucker lineage thing go away and tying it. It almost seemed to me like they were kind of tying this back that, you know, yeah, we had Wolfgang Von Strucker who was involved in age of Ultron and, and kind of took over for Hydra as we saw at the end of season two of agents of shield. It was kind of a known player. And then obviously uh, didn't make it through age of Ultron his son comes in, you know, but but given what we find out in this episode about the organization that is Hydra, uh, it seems like maybe just like in the comics, the the Von Strucker lineage kind of goes back to, you know, World War Two and beyond. Yeah. Um, and and I I don't think I misheard. Werner Von Strucker is not dead, is he? 
he is. I don't. I don't. Or I don't he, think he's he not I, confirmed to be dead. I don't think he's. You're correct. I don't think I he's think confirmed to be dead. They said he was was comatose at. Right. Um, That's I what think I it was heard. maybe the last episode or maybe the one before. Yeah, I, I think they they didn't really go into detail, but I think they just said he was comatose, which which is good, I guess, because I, I have to say one of the things I've been kind of disappointed with was him as a, a character. It's um, it seemed like they just sort of brought him on and he didn't really serve. He hasn't really served any purpose whatsoever. He could have been any sort of hired goon, but it looks like they're. Yeah kind of keeping that thread alive and if he's still around and if you know ward was just using him to locate these vaults then i mean that's interesting but i hope they go into a little more with this character because i feel like both him and his father were just sort of wasted a little bit i mean you know we barely got any of baron von strucker you know a pretty big comic book villain and um you know they easily could have let him sort of like be rotting in jail at the end of ultron but they made a point of just killing him off after we had you know barely seen him do anything so um yeah and even killed him off off screen yeah (laughs) it was like it sort of that took me by surprise i mean i i guess there's always the chance that that was fake you know a fake photo and they could just throw him back in but yeah it just seemed like a weird choice to like hire that actor and bring him in and just sort of make him pretty disposable and then with his son you know i mean a, a pretty a pretty similar thing i mean he didn't really do much of anything he didn't really you know, they set him up as if he was infiltrating, you know, Andrew's class and all that and spying on him. But it just seemed like anybody could have done what he did. And it was pretty much the next episode that he, you know, revealed his hand and, you know, told that, you know, Andrew who he was. So it just, yeah, it just seemed like a sort of odd thing. So uh, hopefully they still have sort of uh, some sort of bigger scheme in mind with him and the these vaults and everything. Yeah. We got a pretty good action sequence too with him when when Malik leaves the the area and then those goons try and take Ward out and he just disposes of them like super quick and I I just thought that was really uh, again you know the action has been definitely ramped up nice little scene yeah I I like that scene and somebody on Reddit pointed out that uh, that was uh, a, a my, maybe a coincidence but potentially a callback to the uh to the very first episode when we first are introduced to grant ward he uh he takes out a bunch of guys and and does some cool things with a serving tray um and and here he oh, did yeah. the same thing oh yeah yeah kind of quickly dispatch some people using uh some of the same techniques yeah i mean it was fantastic i was my immediate thought was just you know grant ward is so much better as a villain than he was as a hero, and I mean, this episode I think definitely elevated him to super villain status. I mean, pretty much everything he did from that that sequence to, I mean, the the whole scene on the plane, and then that dropping down into the vault. I mean, every one of those scenes was yeah. just like, wow, he just went from, you know, sort of Hydra thug to, I mean, they straight up made him like super spy superhero well not superhero super villain but uh yeah i i I love how they're elevating his character and making him much more of a threat um and it's it's a lot of fun to watch and he has some personality yeah you know that was one of the things you know in the beginning in the first season it was just he was just so stoic and so you know just just plain and and now he's you know he's kind of a kind of a wise ass and he's you know he's He's got, you know, his fighting chops and yeah. 
you know, he's he's got some style to him. Yeah, yeah, the you know, charm I, I just, on the plane. Yeah, the, yeah. The uh, flight attendant. Yeah, I mean, it was. It's uh, it's great to see them, you know, take his character. They just keep, you know, elevating his character and making him more interesting to watch. Yeah. And then we find out that so there's been a lot of of discussion over what's going on with Coulson. Like, is he playing? Rosalind, is he not playing him? Is she playing? Is you know who who's playing who kind of thing, and you know Mac even comes in on it and is just like, hey, are are you too involved? Because if if you are, that you know, this is a problem potentially for the entire group. And Coulson pretty much tells him like, it's none of your business. You know, don't don't worry about it. And then you know Mac again. Mac's you know kind of playing playing the role of the skeptic. Uh, you know, for this season for sure. Um. But then when Colson kind of gives his big briefing, which I thought was kind of cool, it almost it, it kind of had a little bit of like an almost like an Ocean's Eleven vibe or like a heist flick, yeah, definitely, you know, vibe to me. You know, it's like okay, this team is going to go in and do this. This team is going to go in and do this. These guys are going to back them up, and it was just it was like everybody had their part, and it was clear that Colson's no fool. Like he was totally playing her because he doesn't he doesn't buy it. He knows something is up. Um, and then I think Mac comes around and he's like, okay, I, you know, every time I question this guy, it turns out he's, you know, he's on the level and, and he's got, he's got a, he's got a plan and he's got something in mind. So, so that was, that was really cool. I thought that was, uh, that was good. It was good. It was good to see, uh, you Bobby and, and Hunter get paired up again. Cause we haven't really seen that in a, in a while. Yeah. I, I don't know if we've maybe seen it all season, like them on a mission together. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, everything you're saying, it, it really did. The Ocean's Eleven thing is, is spot on because it's like we finally got to see them in action as the world's premier super spy organization. Like this this whole sort of episode was about them sleuthing and sneaking and, you know, pulling out all their gadgets. And uh, and, and that's great because, I mean, that's, that's, you know, as much as it's cool to see all the superpowers and all those things, it's also great to get a lot of that just sort of espionage spy action. Um so that was fantastic, and I and like you said with Coulson and um, Rosalind, we, I think I, I when I was watching this, I was thinking, you know, every issue, every question, I feel like we had last podcast, I feel like they answered it in this episode. Yeah, yeah that's something that that Agents of Shield is pretty good at is is setting up questions and then not dwelling on them and answering them pretty quickly. Yeah, I feel like that's changed yeah. since like the beginning, the, the early days. But but this season they've just been, they don't make you wait around for more than an episode or two. Yeah, like that uh, alien writing that we saw. I think the first time we saw it was in like the fourth episode of season. It was, one, yeah. And we didn't we didn't yeah. figure out what it was until halfway through season two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Coulson, everything that happened with Tahiti. I mean that that wasn't until you know, pretty much the same time that we found out. Yeah. The yeah. That. yeah. But even with, with some of that stuff, I, I thought some of those things were going to be like long term, you know, things with the show, like multiple seasons, you right. know, that, that we would go, you know, with, with, will, will we find out what happened with Colson? It's, you know, that could be like, you know, the end game of the show, you know, who are we going to find out who Sky's parents are? That's probably a yeah, long, yeah, you know, every, every time there's these things that we think are these, I think in traditional television, like if this was like a Lost or X Files or even Fringe, um, Fringe wasn't quite as bad with it. Uh, they would resolve things a little quicker, I think. But 
you know, that there would be these multiple season spanning things. They've they've done a pretty good job of kind of nipping that stuff in the bud. I mean, even if we have to go four or five episodes, it's it's usually not too much longer than that before. Um, you know, we'll get hints and, and things like that to it. But once they really get into something, even like with the with the alien writing, like once they really kind of got into, uh, you know, that is a big plot point. They resolved it. You know, I th- I thought relatively quickly. Yeah, that's true. I mean, when I was just going back and rewatching it, I mean, we're right in saying it was sort of peppered throughout here and there. But once they finally like got into it in season two, like it, it did move pretty quick and they resolved. They ended up resolving it, you know fairly quickly like showing movement each episode on it so but i I think this season they've just been going even quicker i mean we we talked about it last week where you know we find out andrew's lash and the next episode everybody finds out and i mean the same sort of thing happened in this episode there was there was things that you know some people knew i mean with um it was just like we said the sting at the end of the episode was Oh no! Can we trust Rosalind with Malik? And we, we didn't have to even wait till the end of this episode, and and all of that got revealed. Everything with Coulson, everything with her, everything with Malik. It was yeah. um, just immediately all put out there, which was, you know, fantastic. I mean, it, you don't have to dwell on it and ask these questions. They just like they got they got to it. I mean, this is part of their story, and they're they're moving forward with it. Yeah. I thought the the May and Lincoln team up was was kind of cool too. I mean, we had that bit with Mac where when they're picking teams, and before Coulson could say who May was going to be with, she said, "I'm taking Lincoln," and everybody was shocked because you know they kind of felt this cold war going on between the two of them, mm-hmm. and you know Lincoln was just kind of stuck. So you know May goes to the plane, and and I thought it was kind of funny. Mac looks at Lincoln and says, "Agent May wants you on this mission," and he just kind of shakes his head and he goes, "I suggest you move your ass." Yeah. <laughs> and he starts going. I just thought it was kind of funny, like, you know, Mac's kind of playing the the drill sergeant role a little bit, but um, it, it was. I, I guess we're starting to see a little bit. I was I was a little worried that we we're gonna get, and we talked about this last week that that because of this revelation with May that we we're gonna get the hard edged May back. Um, and she apologized to Lincoln, which yeah. I, that that really surprised me. Yeah, uh, and, and in a good way because, like I said, I was concerned that we're going to go back to the May that just flies the plane, and that's all she does. Um, so the two of them kind of burying the hatchet and you know coming to terms with it, I thought was a really key moment for her her character. Although she did get to fly the Quinjet this episode. I know. Yeah, I yeah. Know. They fly, back it is in the pilot. Like she she goes you know, the darkest moment she's had in a long time. And that puts her, you know, behind the, uh, the wheel of the plane again. Yeah. So that's her therapy, I guess is flying. She likes to fly. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally agree. I was, you know, I, I was hopeful that they wouldn't go back to that may, cause it just seems like it would be repetitive and, you know, a lesser show could have done that. And, and certainly she has plenty of legitimate, you know, character reasons to go sort of like inward and, and I know we haven't seen the last of it. We we didn't get much of her in this episode, all things considered. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm glad that they weren't immediately going back down to like shut down quiet May. So it looks like she's you know grown a lot, and in that growth, she's able to you know handle handle these events a little better. Can I say again how awesome it is that the Quinjet docks with the Zephyr? Just like. <laughs> It just looks so awesome. Yeah, it took oh, me I a minute to realize. To, uh... Sorry, go ahead. Well, it, was just, it took me a minute to realize that when they were in the front of it, that they were 
in the Quinjet that was in the Zephyr. I thought, you know, I couldn't quite tell what I thought maybe they that she was piloting the Zephyr. And then when it started detaching and, and pulled out, I thought that was great. Yeah, that, that the whole docking and that that whole mechanism is great. Um, but no, I was going to say, Russ, I thought you were about to uh, reiterate your love for Hunter. Yeah, definitely. When he he, he should, the, him and Bobby show up at that facility, and what did he? What, what did the shirt say? Down with the Yanks. Damn, Damn the, the Yanks. Damn the Yanks. And he's like, "You're a Red Sox fan." He's like, "Red coats." <laughs> like, That's so good. <laughs> yes, and the glasses and the whole bit, like it's yeah. just the hoodie. I mean, it was. He has he has some pretty cool T-shirts. Uh, yeah, that, like you know, again, yeah, Hunter just continues to to just be a standout for the show. Um, but yeah, the whole mumbo jumbo with, I thought that again, great job editing for a variety of reasons, this episode, but the intercut between, you know, we find out that, uh, that Daisy's feeding him all his lines and he's just kind of repeating them back. And, right. Um, and it was hilarious when he's sitting at the computer supposed to be hacking and he's typing like, <laughs> you know, he's, he's typing like my, you know, my 90 year old grandmother would type at the, you know, at the keyboard and they're just like. This guy's like this elite hacker. It's just like yeah, that's so good. I I was I was hoping they would mind that like a little bit more. Like he would you know sort of get in trouble not being able to handle it. But uh, I mean they didn't really have time for that. But they they definitely got a lot yeah. of good mileage out of out of Hunter the hacker. Yeah, and then he's like, oh, I have to type slower to keep up with your slow code <laughs> yeah. or whatever. And it's just like what. <laughs> Uh, but, but that was good. I mean, that kind of stuff, you know, the whole, oh, they infiltrate this base posing as FBI forensic, you know, whatever it, you just got to have to suspend disbelief. I mean, it's, it's kind of ridiculous, but at the same time, it's just like, okay, they got to have a way to get in there. So this is as good as any. Um, and even Mac on the phone, you know, where he's like, yeah, this is the FBI, you know, cyber task force or whatever it is. It was yeah. just the way he answered and handled that phone call too. It was just like, just very well done. Just, just, you know, trying to add, add a little bit of levity, trying to lighten things up a little bit. Um, I, I just, I, I think when that show pulls stuff like that off, it, it, it really pulls it off very well. Yeah, I I agree. I think this this episode had a little bit of all the things that make Agents of Shield work. It had the humor, it had the action, it had some really strong uh, emotional character moments, which I'm sure we're we're going to talk about soon with Fitz and Simmons. Oh yeah. And and it had you know these huge ties and implications that actually affect the Marvel universe. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, you mentioned it. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, no, no, Matthew. no. Sorry. Just chime in with a yes. <laughs> but, uh, Doug, I mean, great segue. Fitzsimmons, we, so we finally, you know, it's like the culmination of three seasons worth of tension. Uh, and they kind of both have, you know, they have their moment where, you know, Simmons just can't handle it. Like, she's so guilt-ridden over the fact that Fitz is willing to help get this guy back, even though he knows what that means. And, you know, she knows he loves her. He knows she loves him. But, you know, there's also this other guy in the mix. And, you know, Fitz even says, look, I tried to dig up dirt on this guy. Like, I and I can't. Like, he's perfect. He's, you know, he's athletic and he's heroic. And he, you know, he kept you alive all this time. And, you know, how can I hate this guy for, for doing that? Especially, you know, when I get it. Like, I, you didn't think you were coming back. And, you know... It was doubtful at times whether, you know, Fitz even thought she would come back. 
Um, you know, but they kind of have that, that moment and he, you know, he kind of grabs her and kisses her and she kisses him back. And then they're both kind of like, okay, now we're really, I don't know really what we're going to do. Um, but, but it was kind of, it was kind of cool that they had that moment to kind of, if nothing else, just kind of get it out in the open and air it out. But at the same time, again, heartbreaking, you know, especially for Fitz, because now he's had somebody return his the affections and he knows that it's probably going to go nowhere yeah um well you mentioned getting it out in the open and i know that's something that has been frustrating for for a lot of viewers is how since simmons has been back communic i mean the, the two of them have hardly been able to have a conversation um because there's just so much tension and awkwardness in the air so the fact that they were finally able to to get through that and kind of clear the tension a little bit uh, and, you know, actually say what they're thinking to each other again, uh, it, it, it's nice to be able to move on, move on from that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I know a lot of people have, you know, complained about how slow that's moved and the will they won't they. But I, I mean, personally, I, it's it's never bothered me like I've never found myself wishing they would rush things and I think there was an interview ahead of this episode with the producers about the Fitzsimmons relationship and you know they were saying that and I think even after the interview too and, and everybody involved was just saying when they envision these characters and in the early days they, there was no plan of them being a couple I mean they were they were designed as as really good friends and a sort of like brother sister team more than anything. So I think, you know, the, the reason it's taken so long aside from all the traumas they've, they've both been through is, is really just that they're going from being sort of like family and really close friends to realizing there might be something more. And that's, that's sort of a difficult and awkward transition to make. So, and, and there's a lot of confusing elements involved in it. So, and then of course, like Fitz says, every time, they get close to expressing those, you know, feelings, something happens to one or both of them. And, um, you know, I, maybe that can be frustrating to viewers from that perspective. Um, and you know, if, if they kept going like that, it would definitely get a little ludicrous that every time they get close, some horrendous thing happens to one of them. But, uh, I mean, you know, that's a pretty common thing in a, in a, in a Joss Whedon show. So, um, I don't know. It's it's never really bugged me too much, but it, it was great to you know see them take another step towards you know expressing themselves and and maybe understanding their relationship a little better. And, and I don't think that's a completely unreasonable thing for people to relate to in real life. I mean, I'm sure we've all had that one girl that you've never had the you know the gumption to you know to to tell how you feel, or that one guy that you you know you you know, likewise, I mean, there's always, you know, pe people that happens to people in real life. Yeah, um, definitely. you know, you kind of get friend zoned, <laughs> whether, whether by your own design or, or just by the nature of, of relationships, but it's, it's not something that's like foreign to people. I wouldn't think. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, it's, it, it's never struck me as a, uh, as like ludicrous or implausible or anything. It's right. always felt pretty, pretty real to me. But I do like, you know, again, it's another one of those things. So they've got it out there. It's in, it's in the open and they are able to move on and, and at least realize that they could work together to find a solution. And it, it's funny that 
it was only, you know, conceivably they've been trying to figure out the symbols and, and what the point of this mission was and how it relates to the monolith and all this kind of stuff. They've been working at this for probably, I would say, a couple weeks at least at this point. Yeah, maybe, yeah. If we're to assume know, that it's like a week between each episode, yeah. Yeah. So they've been act, you know, actively working at this thing. And, you know, once they kind of, it almost seems like that thing that has been hanging over them and stuck in the back of their head has been holding them back. And once they kind of let it out in the open and kind of had their, their moment, they were able to refocus and, and figure it out. Yeah. Oh, um, and, yeah. and, and figure it out in a big way. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I, I was just blown away. I mean, I, I'll, you know, the one thing I'll just say about that moment when it all sort of comes together and they show everybody on the team was just, I mean, I've never seen a show so masterfully tie all of its threads and storylines together. You know, the, this whole season we've been, and maybe even the whole series, we've, you know, had a bunch of disparate storylines going on and each set of characters goes up and explores their own thing. And sometimes they tie together, but in one fell swoop, as far as I know, every single storyline that's been going on, every character plot thread was tied together. Everybody was joined together in, in, you know, one group or another. And every event that's taking place from spy stuff to Hydra to Inhumans to this other planet, you know, the ATCU, everything, it all gets tied together into one thing. And I think that that's going to be some propulsive, you know, storytelling moving forward because now every character is on the same page. Yeah, that that is the strong point of the episode for me as well, for the same reason. Um, you know, I think I think the season had been doing a pretty good job so far of juggling all the different storylines. Um, but it was starting to buckle under its own weight a little bit, um, where certain characters would be neglected for an episode, or you'd it, it had been so long since you'd seen a character that you kind of forgot what they were doing. Um, and so, yeah, I agree the way it masterfully all ties together. And now we're going to be seeing the whole team work towards a singular goal, uh, against a common enemy. I think, uh, for just for that reason alone, it made this, I think my favorite episode of the season so far. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and again, to get back to the editing thing, like when we talked about the editing between the conversation of, Mac and Bobby on scene and, and, um, and Daisy feeding him the lines while, while Gideon is kind of giving his speech to Ward explaining the history of Hydra and its roots, you know, just seeing Simmons just slap down one picture after another, after another, after another, and seeing that logo morph from the logo of the ram into the into yeah, hydra when it, as we know it when it got to that last one i was just like oh my so that was i mean again just from a from a production standpoint from a storytelling standpoint it was just really really well done yeah absolutely speaking of which uh i mean i we still need to go back and and finish up with uh with with mac or with hunter and and bobby but uh we did confirm this week that Gideon Malik is the Gideon Malik from the world security yeah. council from Avengers. Yeah, that's great. I and mean, that'd been kind of up in the air for a little while and it seemed like it was. And I think last week I said, it didn't really make sense for it not to be. Um, yeah. yeah. But no, we went on it's, it's at length about that last time. And it's like, once again, just one of the questions we had, it's like, Oh, yep. There we go. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all about the show giving us definitive answers pretty quickly. Yeah, which is great. I, I, I love it. I mean, it's one little, you know, I guess the producers were maybe being coy about it, which, I mean, you know, whatever is, is fine. But, yeah, it, it's great to, to see that they're, you know, fleshing out those stories and, you know, just further connecting things from the movie. I, I think one of the great things about shows is that it can sort of lesser care flesh them out more in, in this world that you know they did that with like dr list you know who's, who appears with strucker and at the end of winter soldier and in age of ultron and you know you gotta have a lot more screen time on some episodes of shield so yeah absolutely <clears throat> but it was it was funny how they even tied it you know going back you know prior to you know they bring up the red skull and you know how Ward thought. Well, the you know the Red Skull was kind of the head of Hydra, and then Malik says no. You know he was he just kind of brought it back to its you know from its original you know ideals and pushed it forward again. Um, so it was kind of cool the confirmation that Hydra's been this organization that's existed in one form or another going back hundreds of years, um, and he's got his own little monolith. He's got his own little. Uh, little pocket monolith uh, that he carries around. Yeah, which uh, was was cut from the 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 big one that Shield destroyed. Yes. And uh, going back to images of the monolith from last season, you can clearly see that there are f- uh, at, like at least five uh, holes, holes holes where yeah. uh, where pieces have been taken out. So I think it'll be really interesting to see you know who might be in possession of of those other pieces. Yeah, I always thought that was like an interesting design element that it had these sort of uh, like rectangular holes cut all over it. And, I, you know, I didn't really think much of it other than just a strange design. But that I mean, that's I don't know if they had that planned out from the beginning when we first saw the monolith. But I mean, that's just pretty fantastic that, you know, the idea that these little pieces exist. And, and I, I I'm curious if they have any sort of, you know, power on their own if there was a reason that they were cut out like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was with you, Matthew. I just thought that it was just a design choice. And, and again, to see that going all the way back to last season that they had, you know, something in mind for that was, was, was pretty genius. So obviously this is going to play into Fitz's ability to get them or Simmons or whoever back so they could get will. Uh, I'm I'm assuming. I mean that logically that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean if if there's still pieces of the monolith around, they think it's destroyed. But you know we know that there's you know multiple pieces that exist, and I'm I'm sure they'll find a way to. Yeah, I mean it seems like maybe it'll almost be a race between the two sides to. They've each got a. Uh, you know we found out that, you know Hydra also has somebody on the other side. Yeah. Yeah, they talked about this big, bad, you know, great evil that exists on that side and that, you know, that there was always a kind of a a thing for them to try and be able to to bring somebody back. And so, you know, now the race is going to be on, too, for them to find out how they did it. Um, And I think once they realize that it was Daisy that has the ability to kind of vibrate at the proper frequency uh, and, and open that portal up, that that's going to be a huge deal, especially with Ward in the mix now. Yeah. Because there's you know a lot of unfinished business on, on that side of the fence too. Yeah, I mean they were they were saying I mean what Malik he was saying that it was you know an ancient inhuman king, and that 
in fact, they weren't sending people over to be sacrificed. They were sending people over to help him. Is that is that what he said? Well, uh, I guess very the Inhumans and other other uh, groups had sent sacrifices to him for him to like feed, basically. Okay. okay. Uh, basically, to either be in his service or at least sustain him. Okay. Okay. In his service, right? So that could that could be any number of things, I suppose. Right. But but I but I do think they are trying to create an army for him to lead uh, with with the, uh, and getting us back to, uh, what happened when S.H.I.E.L.D. infiltrated the ATCU, uh, you know, when they discover that rather than trying to create a cure for Inhumans, they're actually trying to create more Inhumans. Right, or at least suss them out, yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. And using, they're they're and... spreading the Terrigen as far as possible, uh, to, to, to make more Inhumans, presumably to, to serve, uh, the the ancient inhuman on the alien planet yeah i think it was i think it was either bobby or or maybe it was um mac that's that you know when he found out what was going on that said yeah they're playing the odds yeah they know there's there's a certain percentage of the population that that has that inhuman gene so you know if nothing else if we have people that we can manipulate you know let's start with them yeah all their like staff and security and stuff too so yeah and then it, it that, looks like Malik is is the one uh, actually in charge of that. Yeah, yeah. So they, while you know all this is going on at the ATCU, one of the things they have is they bring Roz in to Shield headquarters to, as kind of a sign of good faith, and then that's when Coulson kind of springs the trap that you know basically he's been playing her since jump, and it, it, it was really cool because for a while I was even questioning like was she playing him and we find out that honestly she or unless they pull us another switcheroo on us she wasn't playing him like she was legit uh she you know really felt like she was doing the right thing she felt like she was going down the right path the the cooperation that she was giving with colson was sincere the feelings she has for colson are sincere um and then she's gonna feel a little you know honestly she should feel betrayed because colson thought and was convinced that that she was playing him uh and and it turns out that she wasn't unwittingly i mean yeah yeah there was some double cross going on but she wasn't party to it um which is i think is going to make it interesting um you know to see how my guess is moving forward after this revelation that Roz kind of comes into the fold like she's just going to become a member of this team and that she's not you know that that you know, basically now that the ATCU is is kind of this corrupted organization um, that her and Banks are probably going to be a lot more involved in the S.H.I.E.L.D. side of things than the ATCU side of things. Well, yeah, I mean, now now that uh, now that S.H.I.E.L.D. and now the ATCU have both sort of had their uh, their numbers corrupted by Hydra, I can definitely see that being the path to S.H.I.E.L.D.'s relegitimization uh to have the two organizations merge and you know they're both broken they're both sort of half organizations after rooting hydra out and you know so they can kind of combine to become one legitimate government organization again and and that could be the path to making shield legitimate yeah so back on the on the bobby and hunter thing when they kind of get found out that things are sideways you know it's bobby that discovers that hey this area that was off limits really just has no 
know, they're not they're not doing any any kind of cure here. They're not holding anybody here. Um, you know, they're they're you know the they basically have all these fish oil pills and they're looking to, you know, again, they kind of get to the, get to the, the plot of the matter. Um, and then, you know, things kind of go sideways from there, but there are a couple of funny things, you know, one the whole, when they go inside that facility and Daisy's been able to hack it and she's like hacking open the doors as they come to them and stuff like that. And then that, that bit when Hunter is like on the run with her bag and trying to get to her and he's like, open, 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 open. Did you guys see um, Mission Impossible um, Ghost Protocol? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. I don't remember much about it, though. There, there's a bit at the beginning where with... Tom Cruise's character is in jail. And it, it, he's in, like, a Russian jail. Yep. And and uh, and Simon Pegg's, you know, Benji is kind of watching in on him. And he's opening the doors for him as, as uh, Tom Cruise is escaping the prison and it's kind of the very similar like he's motioning to the cameras that he knows are watching like yes open this door and he's you know yelling at him and, and stuff like that so it just it it just made me think of that uh that moment uh you know in in this show and again it was kind of humorous especially with hunter you know kind of frantically trying to get the doors open um, yeah that was great i i loved all that i loved all those sort of coordinated efforts again very like oceans 11 y just yes. all the different layers. Um, I, I appreciate that they like went through all those steps. They weren't just like, "Hey, we're FBI people," and they showed up and they got in the door. I mean, they they really like walked us through like all this back and forth and the different phone calls and all the different authorizations and everybody playing their part to like make this whole thing work. And then you know, of course, in the end, it falls apart anyway. Yeah. And the batons. Oh my that God. was a cool scene too. Yes. He gives her the, but he's like, what are you going to do with these batons? You know, like he even says it like he's just condescending. And she puts those, it was almost like a, I guess like a Captain America in Age of Ultron yeah. slash, you know, Tony Stark with the armor thing where she puts those, um, you know, these bands on and it just makes the batons, you know, boomerangs essentially. But yeah, I um, thought that was fantastic. It, it makes her even more of like a superhero. And my only, complaint was that they made them like invisible for some reason i think that would be cool to just like you know amp up her sort of costuming by giving her like some cool little gauntlet bracelet things that were connected to the batons um yeah but uh but i'm sure they'll use you know use those a lot more it's really cool to see them get a lot of these like cool tech upgrades to make everything just a bit more like fantastical even for the characters who don't have superpowers yeah, I love I love that ability for for Mockingbird with the batons. I didn't love the way it looked. Uh, I thought the slow motion and the CGI it just it looked a little bit off to me, uh, especially combined with the uh, uh, the Inhuman who could I mean basically Magneto. Um, yeah, cheap Magneto. Uh, knock off Magneto's powers combined with Mockingbird's batons. It didn't look quite right to me. I didn't love that scene, but I love the idea of of Mockingbird having those batons. Yeah, it was. It almost seemed like a little too CGI heavy. Maybe when it didn't need to be. Exactly yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, I think the first yeah. time we saw them was cool, and then there's another immediate shot where she does it again, and I think they do the slow motion twice, and it's like, okay, we don't. Yeah, we could have done without without that. So, but um. I think they were just, they probably just got a little carried away trying to like show them off and they, 
had already burned through a lot of their budget maybe at that point. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we find out too that Mark DeCoscos. Yeah. So it's funny when they, he was cast, he said shield head of security and it's, it's more like Malik's head of security. Right. Yeah. I was wondering if that was, uh, yeah, I was wondering if that, that's a, a mistake uh, or if it's, you know, potentially, well, I don't, I don't know. It could mean something for the future of the season, but I think it's probably more likely just a mistake. Yeah, I think, I think so, or a misdirect or something. But um, again, that was like another question that we spent a, you know, good amount of time on last week was, you know, what will his role be? And I, I, it seems like that, that's probably not it. I mean, I'm sure he'll, he'll continue to be one of their assets on Malik and Ward's side, but sure, it, it definitely answers the question of of who he is. But, but that's good. You know, they've got some Inhumans on their side as well. Yeah, it seems like moving forward, we're going to start to see that amp up a little bit. And I, and I think it's cool that they could do subtle powers. Like, not everybody has to have, sure, totally. you know, crazy CGI, transformative, you know, abilities that they could, you know, do things a little more subtly and just get the point across. Yeah, I think my one, you know, my only complaint with the Inhuman stuff is since we lost Gordon and Reyna, and since Andrew sort of goes back and forth is all of our inhumans that we've dealt with so far, you know, look like regular people. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like that's a bit of a missed opportunity to play with some of the looks and like differentiate the characters. And even if they just had, I mean, they don't even have to be crazy looking, you know, they could just add some slight, you know, they could add some, some odd makeup onto their face, you know, add some, you know, stripes or different eye color, or change their hair color. You know, I mean, I wish they would play around with that a little more in subtle ways, just to, sort of highlight the fact that you know they're a little different and and it was great having rain and gordon you know last season because it really just highlighted you know how they could look you know so different and and we've got lash but it would be nice to have a uh you know a good character who had to sort of deal with the repercussions of of you know a physical and actual outward physical transformation and and how that affected them and stuff so hopefully we'll see that in you know the back half when we've presumably get you know some more secret warriors and inhumans and stuff yeah definitely it was funny how uh, one of backtracking a little bit when colson was kind of grilling her about if she knew anybody in shield and oh you know i would imagine that like somebody would have had to cross paths with you and she's like nope you're the first person i know that's been in shield and he kind of is grilling her and i was like okay there's got to be a reason you know colson does everything for a reason there's got to be a reason he's grilling her and sure enough, when the kind of the big, the big unveil happens, you know, he says, "Oh, you mentioned Tahiti that you know, right. and if you didn't know anybody in Shield, you wouldn't have known, you know, about that." Uh, and 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 so they go down that road. So we still, even at the end of the episode, I think just because we didn't kind of go back to them for a while, I mean, I obviously she has Banks give them a way out, give Bobby and Hunter a way out, and help them escape um, to kind of. Uh, you know, curry favor with Colson. We still aren't sure at this point if Colson is like believing her a hundred percent or if he's still, uh, you know, thinking that maybe she's playing him right uh, a little bit. So I'm, I'm, I'll be curious to see next week. And we, we saw, I don't know if you guys saw the preview for next week, but it just seems like almost like Colson off the rails next week. Um, and I don't know if sometimes that's clever editing of, of things out of context that they do. Um, yeah, or if, or for sure. It, they, if it's legit, that happens all the time. 
but uh yeah I, I who knows i mean it's um i i definitely think that you know even though she helped them out and seemed like you know she was had been played just as much i mean there's certainly still potential for her to be hiding stuff and for colson not to trust them and and i mean i don't think this is the case but obviously it could still just be a long con sort of situation where you know they reveal you know certain pieces of information but they're still hiding the fact that maybe they're working with malik but i I sort of don't think that's that's ultimately the case she's probably still hiding some stuff but but I, i think she genuinely uh you know didn't know about malik and what he was doing yeah i agree So yeah, so that's Many Heads, One Tail. Well, I guess the Stinger. Um, so Ward is able to confront um, Dr. Garner. And it, it's funny because he's still in the containment unit. And he, he mentions that, you know, we know what S.H.I.E.L.D. can do and they figured a way out to turn you off. We're trying to find a way to turn that power on. And my guess is they probably want to accelerate his permanent transformation. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, by, by, by doing that and trying to win him over. Um, but it's interesting because he's got a serious grudge against may and he know Garner, you know, is going to feel betrayed by shield. So I'm curious to see how this plays out. You know, obviously when he becomes a lash, um, his ability to hold back and kind of do the right thing is, is hampered, um, and, and kind of his primal instincts take over. So, uh, I'd be curious to see, how that's gonna gonna play itself out? Yeah, it's definitely um, pretty similar to what they do with Hulk. I mean, they have their own Hulk with a you know sure. a doctor who becomes this mindless beast, and and it seems like Hydra and and Ward are are gonna try and control him, and and Ward will also you know on the side that will uh, be a bit of revenge for him as well. So, uh, again, interesting developments, interesting to see them, you know, pretty much every character on the show now has has a side and is in one of these groups. So, you know, by tying Malik and Ward and, and now Gardner together, they've they've uh, been able to connect all those threads, which is which is great. I'm very excited to see where they go with all that and and happy to see Blair Underwood wasn't, a, you know, shelved from the show had some time to to yeah you know, still be you know dr gardner and talk and be a character absolutely all right so like we said we've got next week off for the thanksgiving week uh like i said we'll probably reconvene at some point to talk jessica jones uh which will be great and then it looks like we'll get three weeks in a row uh, after that, it looks like we'll get December. So shield comes back December 1st. So it looks like we'll get probably the first, the eighth and the 15th, which would take us to 11 episodes, which is the halfway mark of the season. Uh, and then more than likely the 22nd and the 29th will be off week, off weeks because of the holidays. Uh, and then obviously agent Carter starting off, uh, J- January the 5th. So like I said, that leaves pretty much three weeks after this, after this coming skip week for the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, and then we'll be on break from S.H.I.E.L.D. until March. Um, but Agent Carter will take us through the hiatus. Yeah, that'll be great. I mean, by the time the holidays are over, are over, we'll already have another show on. I mean, we've got Jessica Jones, a little more S.H.I.E.L.D., and then, a, you know, like you said, two weeks, and then we've got another show again. So that's, yeah. uh, that's pretty exciting. 
and then mid-December, uh, you know, again, during the break, we'll, we'll have a full Captain, or Captain America Civil War trailer. Uh, if rumors are to be believed, then it's going to be attached to uh, the Force Awakens, which would be moronic not to yeah, physically that, attach it to that print. There's no way it won't uh, be. Because you're going to have every eyeball in the world <laughs> watching it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm sure – my guess is it will be attached to the movie but probably drop online a day or two before. Definitely. More than likely, yeah. I think they yeah. like that buzz cycle they get from, from dropping their trailers, which they definitely get every time. And uh, and then, you know, slap it on Force Awakens for anybody who didn't catch it. And, I mean, it looks like uh, Batman versus Superman and X-Men Apocalypse are both also attaching their trailers to that as well. So, yeah, I mean, there's no Sure, way why Disney... wouldn't you? Yeah, why wouldn't Disney yeah. put their own movie on there, too? Yeah, exactly. So, uh... Uh, so yeah, so there'll be plenty to talk about even during the break. Um, I'm really excited to see the Civil War trailer. Yeah, uh, it'll be you know we've we've heard a lot about this movie, but it'll be it'll be good to actually see some uh, clear footage uh, and and not just kind of bits of you know things taken on set and and you know you had a fuzzy con video that somebody's hijacked. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, hopefully some uh, Black Panther in action for the first time ever. Yes, maybe I don't think we'll see any. My bet is, and it'll be curious to play a little what if uh, real quick. Uh, I don't see us seeing any spider-man in that trailer. i don't either definitely not not in the first trailer yeah, yeah. i think they're gonna save that for something something bigger maybe maybe we'll get like the mildest like easter egg or tease or something but i i almost think yeah they'll they'll save that they've got so much to to show and tease already you know it's yeah. not like they need the the sort of excitement boost of having spider-man in it i mean they've got They've got plenty of exciting, you know, additions, not to mention just all the returning characters and stuff. So, yeah. All right. So we will find that out. Um, so that about wraps it up for this episode. Um, guys, what do you what do you guys got going over? We mentioned the Jessica Jones uh, reviews going up on MCU Exchange. Anything else coming up on MCU Exchange dot com that folks need to be on the lookout for? Uh, well, for, I mean, like, yeah, daily, daily Jessica Jones reviews, that's going to dominate, uh, a lot of the site for the next, uh, 13 days or 11 days. Cause the first two are already up. Um, other than that, uh, I don't know of anything, Matthew. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know of anything big. Um, the, the main thing I do right now is just the pulse, which is just the weekly every Friday. It's just like a recap of. Um, all the little news bits that we didn't write like a full article on. Um, so just like a lot of tiny announcements that like either fell through the cracks or, or just, you know, weren't worthy of like a, a whole article. So uh, yeah, that's up every Friday with like, just like little bits of things. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's always exciting stuff. It's, it's pretty regular in terms of news and, and there's usually a, a feature or two every week um, the, which can be, you know, speculative or, just people's thoughts on things. Um, there's like a series running right now about uh, how Netflix can handle Iron Fist. And I think there's about three, three or four parts of that already up. So yeah, just, uh, you know, check it out every day. There's always new stuff up. Awesome. Awesome. And you can follow again, mcuexchange.com. Uh, the Twitter's at the MCU exchange. So definitely follow them. Cause they, they always, you know, when stuff goes up, uh, it'll get tweeted out. Um, when the episodes of the podcast, etc., go up. Uh, it's it's all there 
Um, you can follow us uh, at MCU underscore podcast. That's our Twitter handle. Uh, and and then uh, likewise on the Facebook side of things, uh, you know, we, I try and keep up with uh, posting, you know, little tidbits as, as they come out. Um, usually when I get my uh, collector core box and or if I come across some, uh, you know, little little trinkets that are MCU related. I'll usually post up pictures and stuff to keep, keep that going. So that's facebook.com slash MCU podcast. Um, and you can check out our Patreon campaign. Uh, if you, if you would be so kind, uh, patreon.com slash it's all connected. Um, you could help support the show and we appreciate everyone that's, uh, supporting the podcast over there. Um, you can send us an email at it's all connected at gmail.com or, or you can send an email directly to me at russ at hhwlod.com. If you have some comments for the show that, uh, that you'd like to get on or if you want to email me a, uh, if you want to, you know, do a voice segment, you can just record yourself with questions, comments or concerns about the show. That'd be great. Um, and so that about does it. So until next week, uh, where we will be going in detail on at least the first couple episodes of Jessica Jones. Uh, This is Russ, Matthew, and Doug, and you've been listening to It's All Connected.